Good morning and welcome to If the Couch Could Speak. If you're new here or just tuning in, If the Couch Could Speak is an unscripted and unedited podcast of mental health therapists where we talk about life on the other side of the couch. And the goal of this podcast is to increase transparency in therapy, reduce the stigma of mental health, and give an insight to the person side of therapists. That's part education, part hilarious entertainment. This week, we're going to explore spirituality, a topic that's not often talked about in our field, but should be talked about more. So we're going to explore what is it? How do you use it in therapy? How did we even start exploring it? as therapists if it's so kind of taboo and hush hush so we're going to do something a little bit different this week in lieu of the spidey we're going to do a tarot pool to see kind of what is the card for the podcast so let's let's see what that is all right so what we got was the sick of swords the sick of swords and this is from the alley man tarot which is a mix up of a bunch of different decks so it's one of my favorite ones to use i have a limited many, run which I'll limited time only fancy schmancy deck yeah it was, a, it was a kickstarter it was purchased to me by one of my really really good friends but it's also one of my favorites to use because i tend to get a lot of really clear answers from that so what i got was the stick of swords which is about staying where you are or staying trapped it's feeling left behind, but hopeful that someday you'll be picked like everyone and everything else you see go by. So there's a new home for you on the horizon. You will get there. And it's really fitting for this podcast because we kind of went through that on the back end too. I mean, as you can see, there's a lot less faces now than what we used to have and not here to shit talk or anything, but there were some executive choices that we had to make that were, were hard to make and at the same time we were working as clinicians we had our own personal life shit going on too and some of us did have to make decisions regarding our our jobs and what we were doing but also feeling left behind and making sure we weren't left behind at the end of the day love to hear your guys' thoughts on that one I think we mentioned like growth requires transition and transition is hard, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Change is usually uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Change isn't easy. Right. Even change you want, you're looking forward to, and that's positive. It's still that process of kind of leaning into that. I had a professor used to call it your growing edges, like stepping outside your comfort Mm -hmm. zone so that you can continue to grow. It, It is uncomfortable out there. Yeah. Even even though we're therapists and we help people <laughs> with change all day long, change still sucks. I think especially because yeah. we're therapists, because we're like, we should be good at this. And then you know, <laughs> some bullshit like that. <laughs> and Sam, you pulled a card. What yeah, you actually, when you were reading that, I thought it was really interesting because if we kind of go on the same thing about podcasts, right? So I pulled from what is my anime tarot. Jess That's got me this. Guy. I love it. It's so cute. So I pulled. The Queen of Pentacles. Okay. So Queen of Pentacles is like your big sister or Onisan, right? And so nurture, provision, hard work, pragmatism. I thought if you think about it in the context of the podcast, right? And then we use the words, the Queen of Pentacles is a generous person who uses money and resources in in order to support others, encourage beauty, and invest in charitable purposes. 
finding a pragmatic way to nurture, ground, and care for those she loves. She's reliable, loyal, and resourceful in her support as she tends to others and herself. I mean, when you think about that, I think that that it describes every one of us here in the space we've created in this podcast. We're all like big sisters to each other within the therapy <laughs> therapist context and friend context, right? For real. Like, I love how outside of the podcast, like, we'll come on and we'll play Phasmophobia together. And, like, between sessions, we'll come on and really, like, that's how we we clear our minds. It's really nice. I, I love what this podcast has become. Mm-hmm. Yes. But speaking of all the heart feels, you know, as a tarot therapist, you know, we're going to explore tarot, or tarot and spirituality as a whole, but... I wanted to kind of show off that tarot decks, you can really make it you. There's so many different options. For me, I have a fuck ton personally, and my husband always says, you don't need more. I need more. (laughs) Can't have enough. Can't have enough. And sometimes people are like, well, isn't a tarot deck the same thing? It's not, actually. You get different messages, different vibes. Like I have this one and I use tarot in session too, which we'll, we'll get to, but this deck is the wild unknown. One of my favorite decks mm-hmm. and it tends to be really spicy. For example, it tends to be very, like if you need an answer, it's going to tell you, but it might not be the answer that you want, but what you need. And then there's some more gentle tarots. Like this one I got from my sister-in-law. It's notable woman in history. So I'll only use this with like my female clients for example. It just doesn't feel right using it with any other clients personally. That's my own thing. But it has all sorts of women in history, which is really, really fun. I use this for empowerment readings, things like that. I also have some fun little ones. Like this one, I don't know the vibe yet because I haven't used it as much, but it's Alice in Wonderland. Like you can have this one, I'm not going to show details because YouTube would probably remove it. <laughs> but I don't even know if I could show it on here. But it's called The Heretical Fates. It's a whole bunch of naked people. So that one tends to be more general. But if you want one that's going to come for your soul, the blind spots <laughs> is one of my favorites. So there's tarot decks. There's also oracle decks. The oracle decks tend to be more of like overall life messages, things that you might be missing. This one's the blind spot. So it's going to show mm. you the shit that you don't know. And sometimes it's painful. Um, this helps me yeah. with one of my previous agencies making a decision if I should leave or not. And it highlighted gaslighting. It highlighted all sorts of really yikes things. So sometimes this, you got to be ready for brutal honesty. But there's other things if you're like, well, how do I know the fucking meanings? I, I don't know. There's other things like tarot for beginners that mm-hmm. has the meanings on the cards for you. There's all sorts of different decks. Like Sam has the anime deck. There's animal decks. Like there's so many different ways to do tarot and tarot is what you make it. So that brings us to, okay, well, there's tarot, but what is spirituality? Mm-hmm. right and I get asked this all the time I get clients who are maybe in the later stages of life or in major life transitions they're like you know I want to connect to spirituality but I don't know where to begin and the way I see spirituality is connecting to something that makes you feel alive 
It's how you connect to life, whether it be going out in nature, whether it be doing things like tarot, whether it be going to church, whether it be praying at home, spirituality is connecting to something that makes you feel connected to life mm-hmm. or makes you feel good and happy, right? It's finding finding that meaning. I'm curious too, what is spirituality to you guys? Well, I found a definition from a 2014 journal article. So people are exploring this stuff too, like scientifically and looking at the role that spirituality and religion play, you know, with well-being. And they, I like this definition, um, spirituality is the connection people make to something beyond themselves as a means of reaching self-actualization. Spirituality can also be defined as the characteristics by which a person relates to the questions of transcendence, how he or she Mm. seeks the ultimate answers to questions of meaning, value, and relationship versus religion, which is a community of persons who share a particular set of beliefs about the transcendent along with shared practices, shared text, shared rituals, and shared teachings. And I kind of like, to me, it's sort of like the individual relationship to spirituality and like the shared, Mm -hmm. we have a set of rules, you know, dogma, that kind of thing is religion. Mm -hmm. So that's sort Mm -hmm. of how I keep those two things separate in my mind. That was a really good definition. Right? Mm. Yeah. Like you can be spiritual and not religious. Huh? I said it better be it's research. (laughs) (laughs) We can put the the citation in the notes. <laughs> well, actually, well, speaking of, we have a website. So yeah. all of the resources, extra stuff, we will have that up there for you so you can learn more things too. Just okay. what's the website? The couch could speak.com. Yes, super easy to remember. <laughs> so what's really cool about tarot and about spirituality is Carl Jung actually focused Mm. on spirituality in the sense of the archetypes and connecting to individuation and the unconscious as well. I mean, kind of Freudian on the unconscious aspect, but. Well, I mean, they both started the whole psychodynamic thing. So (laughs) makes sense. (laughs) Right. So well, it's funny you mentioned the unconscious. I think we were having a conversation about this episode recently and kind of asking each other, like, you know, if you're using terror, where do you think the answers come from? And I think I had said, for me, it's about like focusing. I could focus on an infinite number of things, mm-hmm. right? Or I could use these cards to just narrow my focus. And I, I said that I felt like I was more tapping into that collective unconscious. That's all about that's kind of where Carl Jung's thing comes from, right? The mm-hmm. collective unconscious. And that's where the archetypes come from. But these are themes that we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, mm-hmm. that's kind of how, how I do it with Tara as well. It's collecting to that or connecting to that collective power and, and that universe, whether it be ancestors, whether it be deities, whether it be, I don't know, spirit guides, so to speak. Um, but it's using that tool to have that conversation, which is, which is pretty neat. I mean, there is the other flip side where some people believe it's like a portal for like demons or ghosts or things like that. I personally haven't had that happen. I mean, I've had ghost encounters with like Ouija boards which is a whole nother topic (laughs) another day but I haven't had anything like that personally happen um not to say it doesn't happen or is out of the realm of possibilities but I think it's a really good tool like how Carl Jung looked at it of 
connecting to that intuitive method, connecting to that intuition and understanding the flow of life, you know, possibly predicting future events. My tarot cards predicted my engagement. Um, my husband's still mad about that, that I knew, <laughs> I knew way early on, but it can help really focus on, on different areas you might not have focused on. Like for me, Christy did a reading for me a while back ago and it called me the fuck out for not resting for, mm. I, I mean, I'm sick. I still have the flu. Um, sucking on a cough drops so that you might hear a little clinking later, <laughs> but I didn't listen. And the universe showed me very quickly I think it was like the next day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, <laughs> what happens if you don't listen? I got violently sick. And it was a not so pleasant reminder of, yeah, we need to listen to our instincts. We need to listen to our bodies and provide it what it needs. I know we're therapists. We should know better. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the worst at drinking water. I'm the biggest hypocrite. But Going back to Carl Jung, you know, it's using these different archetypes to provide this message and really accelerate the process of individuation, right? Which is moving towards wholeness and integrity and using that playful combination of archetypes. So I wanted to kind of move into what were you taught about spirituality mm. in the sense of our field? Oh, that's so good. I mean, I know my school actually did cover that. Um, mm -hmm. I had to take this class and I remember thinking, so like I have a mm, complicated relationship with my religious uh, past, right? Um, I was born and raised Catholic, you know, so I got all that Catholic guilt, but um, you know, moved, away, <laughs> moved away from the church as an adult and then went hardcore atheist and then had to find my way back, you know? And I remember when I was in grad school, I had this teacher and he was like, he used to be a minister and he's an older white dude. And I'm like, great, this guy's going to be all like, you know, Christian. And I, I was so like, I stereotyped the, the hell out of this guy. And it turned out he was like the most inclusive, the most like diverse, supportive, like guy teacher I'd ever had. Like he was really wow. great. And he really yeah. helped me realize all the bias that I was carrying against religion specifically right. so i i had lumped spirituality and religion together as far as i was concerned you're all a bunch of nut jobs if you believe in this shit because there's no scientific e evidence for it and mm -hmm. i had a lot of judgment there and so when we got to our crisis counseling course and we we're practicing like suicide interventions and screenings and things like that we would role play and my partner um she tried real hard to drop me those hints and she kept telling me, you know, how important God was to her and how important her religion was to her. And so we're supposed to do when we're doing screenings, you know, and you're really mm -hmm. assessing someone for suicidality, you're supposed to look for like, what are their protective factors, right? right? Mm -hmm. What are the things they want to live Damn. for? This <laughs> bitch had nothing else, nothing else. She had no friends, no pets, no kids, no, no nothing, right? Mm -hmm. She had her religion and I wouldn't touch that shit with a nine foot pole. <gasps> An hour, I know I wouldn't go there. And so they, they called me out for it. And then I had like some special sessions, you know, later on with him individually to kind of work on that, like recognizing and being, cause they did teach us this, like someone's spirituality. Cause we learned about the wellness model. So we can get into that in a minute, but the wellness model very briefly, sort of like, there's like 
depending on which model you look at, between five and eight kind of categories of life. Your spiritual health is one of them, including like your occupational health, your social health, your emotional health, physical health, all that. And your spiritual health really is an important part of someone's life. And then this exact thing, this this situation was very much like if I had focused on her church, the importance of commu- the community in the church, the importance of her belief that if she killed herself, she'd go to hell. If I focus on any of that stuff, I don't have to give a shit if it's real to me or not. It's, not, it's yeah. about her. Mm-hmm. She's the client. What's important to her? I'm supposed to meet her where she's at. And I wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a huge wake up call for me. And then that's where I had to start. And I did my own therapy and I did my own stuff to kind of reassess my whole relationship with spirituality after that. So my school was actually really good about being like, I think you should look at that. (laughs) Like (laughs) you need to, you need to explore that, honey. Growing edges. Yeah, very much so. So Mm -hmm. that was, that was actually one of the best, I think, things that came out of that for me in terms of growing as a person. My, my journey is very similar to yours, Christy, in the sense that I was born and raised hardcore Roman Catholic. <laughs> I went to a Catholic school for 10 years, Ooh. from preschool through eighth grade. Oh, and wow. then I went to a public high school. And I still don't remember why. I was supposed to go to like modern day or rosary. I was supposed to go to a Catholic school. And I still don't remember why. But I religion never felt right to me like even when I was in the Catholic church I didn't feel that connection that I saw with other people mm-hmm. now looking back I'm not sure if it's because I'm autistic to be honest <laughs> I think that that plays a role I remember trying to teach my autistic son about religion and he was like wait 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 so people believe a dude died on a cross but I can't believe in Zeus yeah. and I'm like no well, that, honey, that's right like how do I explain that exactly to like, shit literally yeah <laughs> that's exactly how it was for me because I was in confirmation yeah. too and confirmation is confirming your faith so I took right. that mm-hmm. very seriously and I wanted my answer my questions answered mm-hmm. like I had the question of okay if God created everything how did God come to be like I'm not questioning <laughs> the existence of God at that time but and this is not against any religions at all. I respect mm-hmm. all religions. You do you. My life philosophy is don't be a dick. But yeah, with that faith, I I also was like, okay, if Jesus died for our sins, why do we still have to confess? Aren't all sins chill now? So I had these questions and mm-hmm. they took it as fighting against authority. And I was kicked out of confirmation. Oh, no. And, yeah. Wow. I was kicked oh. out. So that kind of then, they let me get confirmed even with those questions. They were like, they did not let you me gotta get work confirmed. on that on your own, but let's just go on. <laughs> they did not let me get confirmed. But um, my my dad's very much still part of the Catholic Church. My mom wasn't. And I really love and admire my mom for that because growing up, I was into tarot and paganism and spirituality and the other sense as young as second grade and I've been practicing as young as second grade she got me grimoires she got me tarot cards and really fostered that curiosity and I'm forever grateful for that because you know later on I started dating super Christian guys and even then I would go to church and I would read my bible I'd go to bible study Mm -hmm. but it never clicked I was like people are saying like Jesus is my homeboy but I never felt that. Why? Is there something wrong with me? Right. And then, you know, with the Catholic guilt of Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. How do I still remember that? <laughs> no. But 
things like that saying like I'm a sinner I'm not worthy made me feel like I wasn't worthy for anything so it's really hard for me my spirituality was not good until I reconnected back to paganism and I'm more eclectic now denominational pagans the closest I could label it but now I feel so much more connected Mm -hmm. to my body my faith I'm more Hecatian if I had to put a label to it meaning my deity is Hecate but I serve from the realm of the DMT mindset so a lot of people who take DMT have this Mm -hmm. trip of Mm -hmm. a god factory Mm -hmm. and I find it fascinating that so many people don't know each other have the same trip so that kind of led to my mindset of who's to say that Buddha Allah Jesus Zeus you know all these deities aren't from this collective energy that we see as as God they just work in so many different realms because one being can't have all this power so it's divided like the god factory that's kind of how I see it and I use tarot to connect to that but I also went to a Christian university Chris and I went to the same university Mm -hmm. yep I went to the Irvine campus but what I liked is it wasn't in your face religion nice and the only aspect that I got in your face kind of religion was my human sexuality class which was very cishet um I felt like it was a massive disservice Mm -hmm. honestly that's what I was afraid mine was going to be it was taught by that one guy the minister teacher and it ended up being the most Uh, awesome class ever I had an experience like yours Christy too yeah Mm -hmm. it was it was really bad granted the teacher was very ableist but there was more focused on like STDs than the sexuality aspect. What? Of it. <laughs> no. No. Seriously. Did you have a different experience, Carissa? Because you guys went yeah. to the same school. Oh wow. No. So, I have a different experience. Was the same oh, no. professor? I think we did not have the same professor. Oh, okay. I went to I went to the Irvine campus, and you went to West LA. No, I I was going to go to West LA, but um, I I was not going to drive that, so I switched. I did online. Oh wow! Oh, you okay. did online. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. I drove. I drove, and I was like, "Apply <laughs> the online program." <laughs> oh, you switched very early on, then, huh? Mm-hmm. They would not let me after after a certain amount of units. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Um, I hadn't applied. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. So uh, same school, so different program. Like they have an online, and they have an in person. Yeah, yeah. That's how wake is. because yeah. the online program it was just starting oh. so that's why that's why okay. I I okay. was like well I don't know I don't really want to like what if I don't like it like they they haven't figured out the kinks and so I was like let me try to see where the the campus is the one that I would end up going to which would have been West LA mm-hmm. and I drove down there and oh my god the the amount of heart attacks I had trying to drive to LA, oh, no. the <laughs> the one way streets, the the park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like no. fuck this. No, <laughs> that is just hearing that gives me anxiety. I went to the the Irvine campus down near John Wayne. It was mm. weird. It was in like a business building. It did not feel like a campus like at all. It was a big business building, but. What was interesting is I was connecting to like my crystals, things like that. So I would lay crystals out right before an exam and my professors noticed that. And I remember one of my professors, John DePaula, I love him. He is so funny, but he's like, 
you're gonna activate the ghost and I was like I'm oh my gosh activate the ghost he's like yes you are you're bringing that energy in my class he was being respectful of it of course I did activate the ghost <laughs> and I would stay most nights and stay after talking with him because I had a really good rapport with my professors still to this day and all of a sudden the door slammed and we heard like footsteps and shit. I'm like, fuck, I did activate the ghost. That's fine. So sometimes if you have hardcore like spiritual energy, yeah, you can activate spirit. But that's just me. My deity tends to be a deity of the underworld. So, I mean, it kind of, oh <laughs> I guess I'm haunted, not my houses, but that's been a lifelong thing. I'm personally haunted. So fun. <laughs> Love that life. Even extra spicy when you play Phasmophobia and then shit starts happening in real life. So fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I had to take a break. I didn't. So Sam, Sam and Carissa, what is yours, your yeah. stories? How did you guys come in? Like, did school bring that in for you guys? Did you already have your connection to this sort of thing? You know, for me, uh, spirituality personally has always been a thing. Um Mm -hmm. I I same as you guys uh but you know what's weird is I I had there was more focus on Catholic when I was older than when I was younger so I was baptized Catholic as a baby Mm -hmm. um and uh my mom's uh was raised Baptist my dad was raised Catholic. He went to Catholic school and shit like that. So they they didn't really, there was no emphasis on it. But also you have to think about it for, for those of you who are not on YouTube. I'm Black. I'm African-American therapist. So in the Black community, uh, you know, religion, spirituality, God, it's a big role within our community. But there's also other parts of it, right? So there's like things about like, they have like these little sayings like, you know, um, They'll say like Satan go to church. <laughs> He's sitting in the pews right next to all the other people. <laughs> so, yes, yes. <laughs> and so it's this idea that yeah, our our it's the the idea basically from the saying is that our connection with God or the higher power, or whatever it is that you prescribe to, is individual and you don't get that connection by going to one church over another Mm -hmm. um it's it's a it's a direct connection for Mm -hmm. you so um that wasn't something that was like you know we did on a regular basis I think the change happened when uh my family adopted my my um my brothers Mm -hmm. where we're like okay I think we made a decision as a family that we're gonna try to go more regularly Mm um just because they had experienced um trauma and we we were trying to find any type of resource Mm -hmm. to help them adjust right um and so like and I have a crazy story with the Catholic church I'm not even gonna get into (laughs) Mm. I'm not even gonna get into we don't have time for it but basically, like for me, like I've always felt like when clients come to me, I have clients that are were very religious, are very religious. And I have clients that are like, yo, I don't even want to talk talk about religion at all. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. I have clients that feel like religion is um uh, was used to um, you know, control people and stuff yeah. like that. And like I meet people where they are. If somebody's like right. really close to it, 
then I might use that in the sense of like, hey, like what's, what do you do to bring you calmness? Like what, yeah. what gives you peace, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a conversation about prayers and different sayings mm-hmm. that they can remember in their mind to help mm-hmm. bring down that anxiety, right? To help them in their time of need. And I'll have that conversation with them, right? And I have clients that that's not, that's not their role. And I use regular tools but I I like that the school didn't push it which I'm yeah. which I'm understanding is different based on where you went for Pepperdine which Mine is weird push it which oh. was which was really yeah awesome I mean I hadn't I didn't even realize I was at a Christian school until one of my professors asked like where do we get our ethics and someone's like the bible I'm like no it's a code of ethics like yeah. in the name yeah. But you know what? I heard this. I don't know if this is true, but I guess the Malibu campus, they have to go to like um, some type of service. Oh, but I didn't go to Malibu campus. I know that when I looked at schools, I ruled out several Christian schools because that was a requirement. Yeah, I'm like, I got to do Bible study shit. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think Loma <laughs> Linda is the same, if I'm not mistaken. Loma Linda is very, very Christian. That makes sense. Same with Loyola. Mm-hmm. I mean, more power to you if that's what you like. I know for me, that was a big turnoff. But of course, when I was signing up for grad school, I hadn't had that teacher. I hadn't had uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you hadn't had that experience I yet. hadn't had that yet. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> fuck that. No, nope. you are about yeah. to go, right? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, first of all, I'm going to grad school. I have enough shit to worry about I... besides <laughs> this other extra. Like, my, my, my connection with God will be my connection with God. And I think right. that that's what it should be at the end of the day. What exactly. is your connection? How do you define it? What does it look like? But you know what's so interesting, and I've shared this with Jess, that um, my mom, like she, that she, I knew about tarot through her. Like I, I that was my experience. Mm. I found that out very early. I remember going to those specialty shops. Yeah. Uh, cool. And oh, like, you know, shops. going to seeing all the different candles, you know. And I say how old I was, but they had like the, you know, the penis candles and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have one on here? That's no. so funny. I, I have a little crystal. A little, a little yeah, crystal. they have like the little crystals and the tarot cards, of course. Um, medium, psychic. So I was introduced to that, that kind of stuff that that very early on. I knew about it very early on. And so my journey with spirituality was very, very open it wasn't so closed off in the sense of like you got to do this but I do know that for Catholics which I said that's it was very interesting that came afterwards mm-hmm. like when I was oh adult life that was very much a no-no that was very much a like this isn't this is demonic quote-unquote yeah. or like you don't do this um and I feel like it's something that each of us have to decide on our own, like what, what we personally take from it. And mm. I loved the way that my mom approached it. She just was like, I think this is interesting. I think this is cool and I'm going to explore it. And it doesn't have to change my relationship or right. my belief with God. Mm-hmm. And I take, I feel like I followed that footsteps of like, you know, this doesn't really bother me. Like I, it does like it's not going to change um my, you know, my very I, first very first tarot reading I had someone do two for me was actually I went with my mom's best friend at the time to 
I don't know, some little conference at our local hotel. And it was a tarot. It was angel cards. Mm. A deck oh, yeah. of angel cards yeah. from a very Christian mm. woman doing angel card that. readings. It was actually my very first tarot reading done on me huh. was from somebody from a very <laughs> Christian perspective. So they very much can go together. And in fact, there's several yes. like contemplative practices that go way back with like mm-hmm. Christianity should be a lot more like spiritual. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like deep shit you can get into if you really uh, want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. And I will me. say uh, for my reception, everybody loved it, but I had tarot card readers at my reception. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I need I that. I'm just going to pull out all my tarot decks. I'm going to sign up to do that at my wedding. <laughs> I have yes. one lady to do it. I, I found you. her. And then my mom's friend that she met years ago, all of a sudden she's like, you need me. If I was like, yes, come to my yeah. daughter's ready. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. I love that. I so love she that. came too. And I was like, I so like I gave her a hug and we took pictures. And then she did a reading for, for the family. But we That's had cool. the lady that I paid for for everybody. Wow. I'm nice. getting ideas. Right. Yes. Yeah, my my officiant it. is like super, super pagan and amazing. And she did a pagan blessing for ours when we eloped. But it's it's beautiful tying that in. Sam, what, what has your experience been? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the middle of everyone. So I was brought up Catholic. Um, we're, all a, we're all Catholics. We're all Catholics. That's not, that's not yes. a joke. So. so I was introduced to it very young. I remember when I was like really little, probably around five, my mom used to like make, have like pray with me. You know, we would do like Spanish prayers and stuff. But then I kind of started as we got older and I think as like stuff started happening in the house, there was a lot of like dysfunction and trauma. Like she kind of stopped going. We stopped going. Um, and I want to say like during, during like my high school years, I, or uh, yeah, the beginning of high school, I had a friend who was like, Hey, I'm going to go do confirmation. And I was like, what is that? You know, I had done like my first communion and stuff, but like, basically like late middle school to high school like my parents separate mm-hmm. there was all this stuff so we just like it just dropped off and then so I was like what is that I want to do that what the heck like that sounds fun all my friends are doing it so then I signed up and I started going um and then I became the only person within like my immediate family that went to church and practiced mm-hmm. um I went to a very liberal catholic church like I have an experience that was very 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 different um and I believe that in a lot of ways, it really saved me from a lot of bullshit. Because <laughs> there's was... a lot of variety within the Catholic Church. Yes, absolutely. I used to go to a beach church, which was way different than all the other. Wow. Like, I love that. Like we could come yeah. in and flip flops in our bathing suits and they didn't care. Yep. Right. So. Yeah, so, see, Sam's talking about praying in Spanish, like uh, the, the church that I went to when I was older. Mm-hmm. Latin mass. Latin? Latin oh, mass. no. Latin, Hell no. Yeah. Latin mm. mass. Just no. Nope. <laughs> yep. st- that's the thing. Hey. I still know all the Latin prayers, yet I can't I recall shit. I never went to a Latin-speaking like... mass, ever. Yep. I don't. I've been to an during Italian Lent. mass. Italian? For us, it wasn't all the time. It was specifically cool. during Lent. It was in Italy. That Ooh. makes sense then. <laughs> it was beautiful. I was like, how could I not go? Like, right? That sounds wonderful. It was beautiful. Um, I didn't know what they were saying, but it was cool. Dude, like, I would still love to see like the Vatican and things. Oh, like I that. went. Like, oh, did you? 
Like mm-hmm. I love that. Catholic shit. heaven. Like it was like it was That's so cool. beautiful, so cool. Like regardless of whatever it is, it's just so beautiful. I want to see that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm into that type of stuff. Right. Now, kind of we kind of touched on grad school, but I didn't really get a lot of my messages of the do's and don'ts of therapy until I started doing practicum and until I started working at an agency. I worked at a nonprofit where we were funded by things like Medi-Cal and we were funded by the counties. So there was a lot of eyes on what we were doing, what we said or didn't say. So a lot of my supervisors very early on were like, don't talk religion. We have to keep our biases completely out of the sessions. We don't talk about religion at all unless the client brings it up. Mm. And I stuck to that like to it tea for the longest time until I'm trying to think back to yeah one of my clients was like yeah like I'm really into spirituality I'm into like crystals and tarot and I was like I do tarot I love that and but I didn't really start using tarot and spirituality hardcore in sessions until I started working in a private practice and I was in a group private practice and one of the my fellow clinicians was a tarot therapist And she went to a school, it was like integrative studies, I think, but it was a really cool school that did like hypnosis and things like that, which I would totally go back and do if I, if I had the opportunity, but she started doing tarot in sessions and it was very beautiful because some of the questions were tying into what were my limitations, what was holding me back and I was able to explore my relationship with finances as it relates to running my own business. And I had a lot of things holding me back that I didn't know that I wouldn't have known had the cards not directly speak to it. So then I started, you know, I asked my client, like, I can, I can do a tarot spend for you in session with that client who was interested. And she's like, fuck yeah. So we really dived into that. And then part of my intake now is what are your beliefs? What is your religion? Yes. What are your spiritual beliefs? Yeah. And I specifically ask about it. I specifically explore it now because it's part of so many of my clients' lives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck to do in this situation. Let's get some insight. Let's let's pull some cards, right? So it's not like, yes, this is what's going to happen to you. It's more of a, like a guidance, like more of like a compass, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I but definitely it, turn it around on my clients and kind of ask them, like, where do you usually find, you know, grounding? Where do you find empowerment? Where do you find inspiration? And, and so for them, you know, and they're like, well, I don't know. And then I'll ask directly, like, well, what's your spiritual or religious mm-hmm. practice? You know, and if they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, do you play with tarot? Do you play with crystals? Do you pray? Do you meditate? Do you, mm-hmm. what do you do? What, how do you mm-hmm. connect with that stuff? And whatever it is they say, then I put that in my notes and then I remember it. So if they're a tarot card person and I'm like, well, would a card help you right now? Would that be something that you'd want to do and use your deck or I can pull one of mine or do you want a crystal? Which crystal you feel connected to right now? Which candle do you need to light? What mm-hmm. prayer do we need to say? Send me a yeah. link. I'll learn that shit. Like what, you know, what, mm-hmm. what do we need to do here? Right. What spell do you need to write? I have a client that's very much into her witchcraft practices. And so we'll, explore what spells she's working on and how that's helping her feel Mm -hmm. grounded or this, that, and the other. So it's always turning it around on what do they want, right? And I think that's the thing that most of us were taught was meeting the client where they're at and helping them find meaning. Mm -hmm. We just, we can tell them all day long. Well, the card says you need to do blank, 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 blank. That's not fucking helpful though. 
Right. They have to come to that shit on their own, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's why it's so important for us to not push our own shit on folks, but also, un- yep. and so we need to understand our own shit. Like if I was avoiding it, like I mentioned before, how am I not, help- I'm harming my clients in that regard mm-hmm. versus helping them, you know, just deepen their own practices. I, I consider a lot of the stuff as part of like my self-care package, right? That I, mm-hmm. I give to my right. clients. Like, What's your mm-hmm. self-care package? What's included in that? Um, but like you, sometimes I'll pull a card at the end of a session. I have this one fun deck. Uh, it's called Get Your Deck Out. It's an Oracle deck from I love that. an artist. She's in the UK, Katie Abbey. And she does like, it's like got a lot of very like British sounding terms and things like that like she's got some like this is like you have the caterpillar and the butterfly and then like this card is like the mush right we're all a mess <laughs> at some point in our transition you know and, it, and it's like very much like that awkward stage between cute caterpillar and beautiful butterfly we refer to as the mush right and it's sort of like that sounds like where you're at right now we might use that to sort of keep going there's no spirituality really directly addressed with this card so it's a lot of fun to sort of just be like well does this relate and then that sparks a whole conversation exactly I I think that's the key of I don't come in with terror of like this is what this means I'm like what do you get from that right you know does that relate sometimes the cards are like no what the fuck but 99% of the time the cards are spot on and I've had the cards tell me things that the clients are like how the fuck but it's really interesting because I mean I work with super religious people too and that's Mm -hmm. the key of making sure your bias doesn't come in the room right it could be very easy a lot of us have religious trauma I have a ton of religious trauma and that I didn't tie on in here but that's a huge reason why I left the church Mm -hmm. um how they handled a lot of things very very poorly um not getting into that i'll go into that with my own therapist yes when you guys are working with a client and they say they are not religious and not spiritual do you find that to be an area to explore further because like talking about some of the research that i was looking at before we talked about the Mm -hmm. wellness model you know a spiritual there is a spiritual aspect to all of us whether you think of it Mm -hmm. in the spiritual there's a god or a higher power or spiritual in like I used to very much stand for like like a point of like the cosmos like I'm on planet earth and like the huge universe and that's like a, its own sort of way of conceptualizing the world but like spiritual dimension of like finding purpose value and meaning in your life mm-hmm. you know and and engaging in activities that are consistent with those behaviors that's kind of in the realm of the spiritual health yes. do you guys address that and help your clients uh, grow in that area absolutely. or yeah but I don't if they don't like if they don't like the word spiritual, if there's some yeah. meaning attached to it, I won't yeah. use that, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I know, and that's right. what it means to me, but also it's okay that I, I feel that word is safe, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, especially when we're talking to like um, clients, I have a lot of clients that do, are struggling with like an existential crisis. Like what right. is my meeting? Where am I? You know, I think that is that type of work. Um, I've always been taught, like, I never had an experience where you don't ask these things. I was very, I, you know, my first internship was working in a clinic that you had to experience psychosis and be evaluated and assess for psychosis to be there. So it was 
a lot of exploration. Yeah, it was only psychosis. So, um, a lot of exploration of beliefs because how do these beliefs tie into maybe delusions or hallucinations mm. or, you know, um, auditory visual? Like it was just, and a lot of it would be connected or you would hear this voice, but it would be God, right? Or an mm. angel uh, presenting itself as you know and it wasn't my job to say it is a delusion or it's not it's just like what does it mean to you how is this right. impacting your life and can we get yeah. to you you to like a higher state of functioning right and a good you example know? of that is gabby hannah and you know her bipolar delusions of being very very spiritual and being god and connecting to god as well i mean with my clients great question christy because when I hear that, I want to learn about what is their family's discourse surrounding religion. Was that a choice that they made similar to ours where they were super religious and then kind of moved away or has their family not explored that at all? Mm-hmm. I want to explore that discourse. What does that look like? Now, if a client is like, no, like I didn't grow up with any religion and I religion is not a thing for me, I'm not going to press it and be like, you need to be spiritual even though I'm right. spiritual as fuck, I, I think the key really is being client-centered okay. and really remaining where they are and holding space for that. And, you know, yeah, I am spiritual as fuck in the, the pagan sense and I have religious trauma, but I do not let that get in the way of working with clients who are very Christian, who are very Catholic. I mean, I lean into that. I'm like, yes, religion helps you. Like, let's look up like I have little journals that are like scripture, yeah. right? That's really, really cool. I found it at Target. It's like scripture with like a journal and meditation mm. where that exists, which is really cool. You can combine that side of spirituality, yeah. of mindfulness, meditation with the traditional Catholic belief yeah. and tie it together in a beautiful package. But the key is don't be a dick. Yeah. Ah. Where they're at. Like, don't be a dick. What? Just don't be a dick. I I agree I agree I think Mm -hmm. that um it does depend on where the client is at um I have had clients where it's like they didn't want to talk about it or that was like really like something that they're not into and I feel like you know we don't have to touch it but you know what's really interesting is that somehow some way it Mm -hmm. comes up yeah yep Oh yeah. If they feel like later about on, it, it's like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Or my parents or blah, blah, Some, blah. Somehow, somewhere. somewhere, some way, eventually mm-hmm. it always comes about. And that's when we explore it. Right. And I thought and that, that just that was sort of really reinforces that whole wellness model. Like clearly it's yeah. a part of everybody's fucking life. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. they realize it or not, right? And it's but if I think they're it's ready. Yeah, yeah, they're ready. Yeah. Exactly. They have mm-hmm. to be ready for it. And so like, that's why I think that there's like the the part of me that looks at what's the overlap, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a basically uh, the hang up between the two extremes is there is or is not evidence to support that this thing exists. Right. But also mm-hmm. there's other shit on our day-to-day lives that we experience that we don't question right we're all women here i'm sure at one point in time we have that goosebump feeling when that some innovation. guy is staring mm-hmm. at us oh. mm-hmm. nobody yeah. spoke mm-hmm. to you 
Right. Right. You I talk get, about intuition you all no, the time. You didn't get no fucking memo, but you could tell when mm-hmm. somebody's staring at your rack. Like, well, it's like, <laughs> it, it happens in animals too. Yeah. <laughs> Being prey and a predator. Oh, yes. Yeah. They know. Like, they know something's fucking watching me. They I'm do. Me. There's a sense. <laughs> Not for real. Well, you know, there's actually a term for that, like tacit knowledge, right? That's your gut knowledge. That's your gut feeling that yes. shit you know deep, deep, deep inside. And I think that term was coined like back in, oh, I had a professor, or not a professor, a supervisor, a site supervisor. She's a psychologist, like old school. I think she was like 75 when she was supervising us. So she would tell us quotes from researchers from like the 40s and shit like that. So I don't fucking remember them all, but tacit knowledge is definitely like, it's a thing and it's been studied and there's some really cool shit there. Whether you believe an angel is telling you or a fairy is telling you, or that it's just a biological something that's going on that allows your perception to pick up on stuff that you're not consciously aware of. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. really care how you explain it. Like that shit is real. Like there's something Mm -hmm. going on there, but spirituality still, it's, it's actually been, connected to our sense of well-being through scientific measures too there's like research Mm -hmm. out there like i i looked at one from 2019 on the role of spirituality and religiosity in the subjective well-being of individuals with different religious statuses and this one i'll just read the quote says we found a strong impact for spirituality intended as the human desire for transcendence introspection interconnectedness and the quest for meaning of life on excuse me spirit uh, subjective well-being and this relationship was the same regardless of the religious status. So basically kind of saying this was strongly connected both in cognitive and affective in terms of finding their purpose, their meaning in life, and that sort of thing. So they went on to talk about religious had its own benefits too, but I was really just focusing on the spirituality part for us. Like there's something mm-hmm. that makes us just feel right in the world when we have an idea of how we're connected to everything else in the world. It reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So at the very bottom, it's like, you know, we're, we need to get like these needs, physical needs met, but at the very top, it's like self-actualization. Yeah. And I feel strongly that spirituality or your connection to yourself and how you relate to the world mm-hmm. is part of that. Yeah. It's that one Absolutely. top need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes. it also goes to show, too, people can't really examine that and really dive too far into it if their basic needs aren't being met. If they don't right. have food on the table, if they don't have a, a roof over their heads and power keeping them warm, they're not really going to give a fuck about how spirituality plays a role in their sense of well-being. Sometimes, you know? I would argue, sometimes the opposite. That yeah. is yeah. what gets them through, right? So it's just like, mm-hmm. it depends on like how we look, I guess, at self-actualization because sure. there's like a lot of countries that you know, third world countries, but they're very spiritual and they use that. I think that's where that connectedness, it it can be a protective factor. Yes. Yeah. But they're also not, if they're not there now Mm -hmm. until those basic needs are met, they're probably not going to get there either, you know? So it's having something. That's why I use it as like a self-care. It's like self-care is what just kind of help get you to like get up the next fucking day. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to get up tomorrow. What helps you do that? What helps you get up what tomorrow? You get to the That's next day. <laughs> your self-care. Those things are important. And then we build on that as we go further mm-hmm. up that pyramid. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that we just like having this conversation and understanding that 
ultimately spirituality in the session doesn't look the same for everyone. And sometimes we have sessions where it doesn't come up at all because we're working on Mm -hmm. something else. Like maybe you're doing deep trauma work or maybe you're working on someone with addictions or maybe you're working with someone, you know, like that's a couple and trying to figure out the relational issues with their Mm -hmm. families, right? And so, but but to understand that spirituality can be something that enters the space and that's something that you can discuss right. with your therapist is super cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and if you feel like you're kind of bringing it up and maybe they haven't done their work and they're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I would ask about that. Yeah. I don't feel like I, I would like to talk about this or, you know, does this make you uncomfortable or whatever? You know, it's not that the therapist has to disclose, mm-hmm. but it's just something for them also to process. If you feel like you have a fee- a gut feeling that it isn't, or you can tell their response, you know, Trust we are, have our ability to pick our own therapists and therapists are human too. And sometimes, you know, yep. like I've worked in, in a place where there was a client I was working with, not an individual, but in group therapy who um, was like, yes, I, I identify with Satanism and I practice that. And I was like, cool. All right. So how do we use that? <laughs> so like, you know, I can see maybe that there might be therapists, you know, they're not supposed to like discriminate, but it happens. Yeah. You know, oh, but there are, we see them in the, the Facebook groups. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. if that's the case, then find someone else who's open. Right. right. Like yeah. you don't have to be stuck. So and honestly though, there there's a lot of therapists out there that might think they're doing the work, right? They're trying to do their work, but you know, we're people too. We're struggling to put food on the table too, you know, like they don't pay us yeah. very well. I don't know if y'all know that. But um <laughs> if we're working for like insurance companies and agencies, like you know, we're struggling through our own stuff. And so that might very well be an area that they might have like a blind spot. Mm. And not to say that you can't it's not your job, but like, I really like Sam's suggestion, like maybe pointing it out. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm feeling like there's some resistance here. I don't under, you know, is there, is this something Mm -hmm. that we need to explore? And it might be enough of a catalyst for that person to be like, Oh shit, maybe they just weren't being mindful that their shit was coming through, you know? So if you like your therapist and that's just like one little area where it feels a little rough, bring it up. They they may, they might be able to address it fairly easily. Mm -hmm. You know, they can get some consultation and they can work on their own shit too. So Yep. And if your practices fall outside the norm, that might be another place where maybe they just are uneducated. Right. A lot of folks Mm -hmm. I talk to, they don't know shit about tarot. They don't know shit about crystals. They don't know shit about all of these non-Christian faiths. Let's say you have a Mm non-Christian faith. Let's say, you know, you're Jewish or you're, um, you know, Islam or I can't think of anything else right now. My world religions class was a really long time ago, y'all. Um, (laughs) They may not, they just may not be familiar and they just need to know like, oh, this is important mm-hmm. to you. And then they can go do their own homework. It's not your yeah. job to educate and them. That, that's the key. I've heard this a lot from clients who come mm-hmm. to me. They're like, yeah, my previous therapist was like super Christian and I was absolutely not. And I had to teach them my religion. Like it became more session was about the client teaching them about the religion and it's one thing to explore your client's religion but it is not your client's right. job to, to teach, teach you. you do your fucking homework right <laughs> google Funny exists times, i'm googling over here on one screen while they're telling yes. me about their shit over here and i'm like oh so blah blah blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay yeah that's yeah. how it should be right <laughs> i mean there's a difference between curiosity and being fucking lazy 
Mm. And that's the thing. When we're lazy, we are doing harm to our clients. And I hear it time and time again of clients being coming in for religious trauma, meeting a super religious therapist who actually caused more harm. So if you don't vibe with your therapist, you can fire them. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Even if you're like three years, four years, and you're like, you know, I am really, really nervous about starting the whole thing. Shit, ask for a copy of your records. Sign an ROI, a release of information for the therapist to consult. You don't have to rehash the whole thing. It's okay. It's okay. Finding a new therapist is a major pain in the ass, we know. But, you know, and it's also like coming from someone that has worked with a client and I feel like I've just reached the end of what I can do with them right? Like what you need just obviously goes beyond our relationship. And hopefully I've planted some really good seeds and I've got you to a place where the next therapist and you can go do some really fucking amazing work. And that's okay. Sometimes, you know, endings don't have to be the end of the world. (laughs) Right? Like, did we start our whole thing with transition and a card about transition and change? Yeah. Is that how we open today? (laughs) And that's how we shall end? (laughs) I was going to do you guys want me to pull from another deck or do you want to pull from one of y'all's deck? I mean, I'm good, down for whatever. Fairy. We saw your what? fairy. You want to do it? Let's my do fairies. it. Yeah. Yes. My fairies. My fairy it's oracle fairy. deck. So it's my fairy deck. So y'all just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. So That's you got. Right. <laughs> it's got... only right. The dark lady. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Not the dark. <laughs> All right, let me, let me pull out my book. What is my dark lady? She's card number 20. So this is an oracle deck. So it doesn't really follow the traditional major and minor arcana, like the deck we had earlier, right? With like suits and things like that. Right. The I want to say that's the hardest part. Like, like pulling a card and then off. trying to find the meaning. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Just but, slammed it I mean, into my keyboard. <laughs> speaking of, there are different guides. You don't have to know the meaning of every single card. I mean, I've been doing tarot for decades, and I still don't know the meaning of all the cards, but there's different guidebooks. This one's my favorite, personally. I mean, I recommend using the guidebook that comes with your deck. Some come, mm-hmm. like this one's the one for the alley man. Some have, like, tiny little guidebooks, but I recommend this Sorry. one her boobies down there oh. <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna say no to boobies but youtube might have different i know opinions. so i was like oh there's boobies but there. <laughs> yeah this one's one of my favorites it's called the modern oh that's cool i like that the modern this witchcraft deck actually it encourages you it's got a bunch of questions in the beginning too to like take your time with each card and sort of look at it like what what feeling do you get from looking at this card like what's her that's... facial expression give you an impression yeah. of what is the coloring you know the color theme of the card what does that with the wings there, you know, like really kind of getting into, you know, letting your your intuition guide you, right? It's all about what feels right to you. So this card kind of represents the unconscious power and wisdom, rituals, mysteries, and secrets. And so, so this whole deck is all about, you know, the fairies and how they interact with us too. So it, it personifies, you know, 
either you can believe it as a real fairy or like personifies these energies or these sort of things that are moving kind of around us all the time. So the dark lady is the high priestess of the mystery. She understands how to surrender to the divine power. She has the profound intuitive knowledge. that's only to be found by looking deeply into our own beings and natures. So we find her through meditation and sleep and within the inner peace, ecstasy and total despair. So she's the guardian of beings unborn and of unconscious ideas and of seeds sprouting in the dark. <clears throat> she holds the embryonic hopes that we have not yet realized that we have. She's the mistress of spiritual ritual. I think this is a great card for us to have pulled. I love that this card. one, right? Oh. Um I'm going to kind of skip around because this is actually a really long one. So um, basically, we may reach the realm of the Dark Lady through grief, through deep surrender, through ecstasy, or through profound ritual. This card in a reading suggests that it is time to withdraw from the ordinary world to revitalize ourselves through retreat and surrender to the source, unity, and the song of ecstasis. So that's a fair idea. It's all about you know, singing the world into being. Um, this is a time of preparation for rebirth, of restoration, and of regeneration. What is hidden is getting ready to be revealed. Celebrate this passage through the unknown, rich, fertile, hidden realms of the Dark Lady. This is the time in the natural cycle of life when we open ourselves up to and receive the inflowing energies of himself, which is the male aspect, the masculine aspect. Ooh, like the divine egg. masculine. Mm -hmm. When we become powerful, overflowing with the life force, it may also be a time of prophecy, magic, and foretelling of the potentials of the future, a time of self-awareness, self-knowledge, and encounters with the hidden worlds. Meditate, mm. retreat, seek serenity and inner peace. Yes. So okay. We're us. entering Sagittarius mm. season. That's so right. I think that's a High good five, card Sam. to wrap that yeah. shit up with. High five. Yay. <laughs> All you Sagittariuses. My husband's yeah. a Sag, too. Mine's a Libra. You guys are the only Sages I know. Really? My mom, my husband, and these two, and then like three of my friends. Yeah, I'm Sag as fuck. I'm, I'm a Sagittarius sun, Scorpio moon, Pisces rising. I'll stab a bitch and cry about it later. That is me. I'm an Aries all the way, y'all. I'm fire energy <laughs> all the way. Mm -hmm. But I hope, my, my hope with, with this podcast and this episode is to show that sessions aren't all just talking sessions aren't all just talking about your emotions it we explore so many different things and there's so many different tools that we we can use to explore tara is just one of them but therapy is what you make of it if your therapist is boring and you don't vibe well you're one of us <laughs> we got florida we got the west coast we right around you. both coasts y'all Coast to coast. Uh -huh. Coast to of, coast. Any updates? Any marketing? I don't have anything new going on right now, uh -huh. but come springtime, that should, that might change. So we'll see yes. what's going on. Ooh. Yeah. We'll see. The only thing but. I have, um, I am partnered with Journey Clinical doing ketamine-assisted therapy. Oh. So that's on the horizon. Cool. Um, speaking of something new that I thought would be fun to implement into the panel is wrapping up with news in the therapy world, right? We start with spidey pages of what not to do. So why not end with, you know, this is some cool shit that's happening, right? So in the news, two separate things. We we heard about the election stuff going on right now. Mm -hmm. What's really neat is Colorado just authorized DMT 
to be Mm -hmm. used in a clinical therapeutic setting, which we kind of talked about earlier in this episode. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking into getting licensed in Colorado for sure. But also really interesting, they found markers that might lead to or precursors to schizophrenia, which is is really I think that's 10 different genetic traits that are indicative of schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is really neat too because it's not just like because you know they've debunked a lot of the like uh, chemical imbalance uh, Mm -hmm. explanations for like depression and anxiety and things like that. That was interesting. It's not as true, right? So that science has also been coming out, but also like that maybe bipolar. They're not sure, but schizophrenia is more of like a brain structure, Mm -hmm. like the way your shit grows Mm -hmm. and and how it actually develops, as well as environmental things like that. Like schizophrenia is like an absolutely fascinating. I find it, and, and if I remember correctly, I think it's the, the basal ganglia that they're finding is a connection with autism too. So it's, mm. they're finding a lot more connections and it's interesting because I know in grad school, they really, and I graduated in 2019. Yeah. the A year before me. Yeah. I graduated in 2020. Because yesterday was the one year of me being licensed. What year yeah. did you graduate, Sam? I was oh. 18, 2018. You're graduating from grad school or high school? Grad school. Uh, grad school, girl. Grad school. <laughs> when was it? 2020. Oh, so you two are okay. So we're the same year. 2019, 2019, wow. Fucking okay. pandemic. Gotcha. But even, you're already online. Even since then, I don't know about y'all, but I know when I was in grad school, they had a really huge focus on like serotonin, dopamine. If you have too low serotonin, you have depression and anxiety. And yep. then we're finding out now that that might not be the case. Like, At all. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. So that also makes me absolutely terrified of those clinicians who are straight up lying about doing their CEUs. We can see y'all in the Facebook well, and- group. The science changes. So I got my first master's degree in psychology. I graduated with that degree in 2014. And I wrote mm-hmm. a whole thesis on autism. And a lot of the research that I looked at, like plenty of it's still okay, but there's a lot that's been kind of newer research has come out and sort of updated a lot of the findings. So a Mm -hmm. lot of the stuff that I learned about when I was writing that thesis has changed. And I remember learning something like when they're doing the research, it takes like 15 to 20 years for it to trickle down to what's being taught in the schools. And so I got that degree in 2014. So that means the things that have come out since then probably still aren't being taught to our fellow clinicians that are coming up through school now. And so yeah. I think that's why it's so important to keep up with our CEs and to, like, I love geeking out. Like, I, one of the things I love about working at a college is that I have access to, uh, like, the, the, the academic journals and all of that good I'm stuff. Because so that's all behind, yeah. like, a paywall. I think so. you still do as an, as an alumni, too. I think we have I a certain amount. Oh, so you, you have to pay for that, right, though, as an alumni? I think you have, like, I know Pepperdine got on me, like, you have to do it by this date to still keep your email. I didn't do it. I don't think I even picked, no, I have my Pepperdine diploma. I never got my UCI diploma. <laughs> But I think that just goes to show like why it can be so hard and why people might get such different information from That's different it. clinicians. It might be that they really did legitimately learn that and the legitimately the science used to say that, mm-hmm. right? I teach yep. psychology to students and I'm regularly like, don't use research that's older than five years because then you're reporting on information that's potentially not accurate anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's why it's so important to find the therapist that you do vibe with because we have what's called CEUs, continued education in California. I think it's 36 every two years. So 
I still have oh, a shit. decent I amount like that, that I need. Florida too. I don't but remember. But it's it's a decent amount of of hours. Granted, thirty six hours, if you think about it, in the realm of two years, really isn't a lot of hours. It's not like one course is like maybe six, right? So we can choose what we get to use. Yes, thirty six. Perfect. You have certain like categories, like we have to do so many ethics, no. so many this. That, in California, the other. in California, no. Some you have to have. I know. Before I got my license, I had to have, I think it was sexual assault. It was a sexual assault CEU and an HIV CEU. So in Florida, yeah, we have to do like that every, I don't know if it's every cycle or every other cycle, because y'all, I've only had my license almost a year or two. And our first renewal cycle, we actually don't have to do any CEs because you just did everything to get your license. Oh, wow. So, yeah, no, not here. Right. Um, <laughs> we need so many. But no, they- so. But we have like within our 30 something, we do have like, I don't know, I think it's like eight to 10 that are like, has to be HIV, has to be ethics, has to be, mm-hmm. you know, there's a certain set that you have to do every time. So if, if I remember correctly, the HIV ones and things like that are only the first licensing. And then the subsequent ones, I don't think there is a specific one in California, but I believe strongly there should be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I don't renew my license until next year and I'm focusing on you know, ketamine assisted therapy, I'm focusing on geek therapy. But that also goes to say, you know, even though your therapist has so many CEUs, they might not have the continued education in the area that you need. There are specialists out there. Like for me, most of my continued education are on alternative lifestyles, poly, geek therapy, things like that. I have very specific areas I specialize in. But you don't have to stick with your therapist just because you have history you can get a therapist who specializes specifically in what you're looking for we're out that's there. okay <laughs> come find us yes tell your friends yep. oh, seriously <laughs> tell your friends we have opening any other updates any other marketing or cool things y'all are hearing about cool trainings mm. things like that that deserves a shout out have we told everybody about our new Instagram page and to go along with our yeah. new page? Do you have webpage? a new Instagram page? <laughs> Damn, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it's just if the couch could speak. Follow <laughs> yes, us on Instagram. Yes, updates. Yay. We have little clips and stuff from um, highlights of our of our episodes. So totally go and check that out and give us a follow. Yeah, yeah. Follow. absolutely. We will have more bonus features as well, more behind the scenes. You know, you'll be able to see us playing fun games and whatnot. So if you have any special requests or a topic that maybe we haven't covered, feel free to reach out, reach out on our website, reach out on our Instagram. We're here to help make therapy fun and a bit more transparent. So if there's something that you're dying to hear us explore, let us know. Let us Mm -hmm. know. Mm We have lots of fun things coming up for you guys. Lots of things in store. So stay tuned. Our website, our Instagram is the number one place to look at for that. But I wanted to thank you for joining us on the couch. I know the holidays are coming up. Next week is Thanksgiving. Remember your boundaries. It's okay. All right. Remember your boundaries. It's okay to eat pie. It's okay to eat turkey. You deserve that pie. You deserve that pie. Eat it. Just eat it. You don't have to do yeah. anything to deserve it. You exist. I love that pie. pie exists to be eaten. Yes, right? it does. And the cake it. is a lie. We are here. Game reference. Cake is a lie. <laughs> is a lie. But Game we are reference. here. 
we are here after Thanksgiving to hold that space for you. Your yeah. friendly neighborhood clinician will help you process. You're not alone. Uh-huh. Until then, hydrate, make smart choices, and we'll see you next time on the couch. Bye. Bye. <laughs>